Welcome to the Million Dollar Listening Podcast. In this show, we aim to help people grow in all areas of life with the focus of getting to the next level. I'm your host, Mari Wines, realtor, marketing guru, real estate coach, and co-owner of E3 Realty. Coach Nick, live and in the flesh. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And no blood. Yes. Just in the flesh. Just live in the flesh, yes. not flesh and the blood. No, no, we're going to go just, <laughs> just live and in the flesh. Thank you, Jesus. I'm still here. Yes. So, yes. Nick here has been coaching youth sports for 20 years, a variety of sports, but not only is he a coach in his personal life, he's also our mentor here at E3. I could not be happier to have you. Oh, well, thank you. Clearly, I enjoy punishment, so I thought I would do this, too, along with coaching kids. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so, excited to be here, though. Very special. It is. It is actually one of the most rewarding things you could do. Did you want to tell us a little bit about your background, who you are in general? Um, coach of all coaches? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a little a little glimpse in the background. I've been selling real estate. Uh, April was 12 years. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. You made it. I did. I did. I'm not one of the 85% that fail in the first five. So that's good. Um, I think real quick, last yeah. time I learned on the show, now 75% of people fail in the first year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's nuts. Wow. Um, Don't quote me on that, but I, I, think, I, right. I think that's what I recall. <laughs> it's that's not an official statistic. It's a Mari statistic. <laughs> but that statistic just like gets worse and worse every day. It so does. And the, and the industry gets more and more difficult, and then more and more agents come into it, right? Mm -hmm. So then the failure rate's going to increase when we're overpopulated that much, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, but for myself, I've been selling, like I said, for 12 years. Um, I coached, I grew up at the ball field and it goes way back kind of as childhood. I was raised on a baseball field. My dad coached in little league for over 30 years. Um, I have three older siblings. They all played. So that was just growing up. That's what I did. Weeknights was at the fields, either practice prep. Um, I would go watch my dad umpire games. Like I just could never get enough of it. So transition to me playing obviously. And then um, when I was done playing at the age of 19, I started coaching right then. And so I was, it was a little bit challenging then because I was coaching older kids. They were probably, you know, 14, 15, 16, and I'm 19. So there wasn't yeah. a lot of separation in there. Um, so it made it a little bit challenging, but you just, you kind of learned to overcome those things. And then from then on, I just, I just kept coaching um, wherever I could find a team to hop onto. I would coach with old coaches that coached me, um, or I would coach my niece or whatever, my nephew, whatever I could to just be a part of the game. I just loved it. So, um, yeah, then that transitioned to when I had my own kids, and my son, when he was four, I started coaching him, and I just finished with him a year last full baseball season. So he's in high school now, so um, I don't coach at that level anymore. So it's it's good. Um, it's amazing to to see those kids, though, when you can take them from kind of not even understanding, not knowing what they're doing, and then develop some skills, and then give them some life skills at the same time. So... <clears throat> That's kind of where um, Coach Nick came from, right? Transitioned from that into coaching agents. And it's the same kind of concept that I've taken um, with new agents who come into a new industry who don't know anything about it or don't know how to run a business for themselves or anything like that. And how do we lay those foundational pieces out? What does that look like? Um, and then you take them from not knowing how to even have a conversation with somebody to then watching them close a deal. Yeah. And then you see them like, wow. I did it. Um, and then you hear from their client, right? That's 
also ecstatic because as great as it is for that agent, it's really about that client. They just bought like their first home and they feel amazing, right? So um, the joy in that, it, it just, it, that's really, really my main driver is, is the joy in seeing other people succeed, either an eight-year-old or a 35-year-old brand new agent. It's the same kind of concept. So, um, but that's that's Coach Nick in a, in a real quick nutshell for you. And then what about your real estate background real quick? 12 years of amazingly yeah. non-stressful real estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, super easy. Um, I actually color in the gray to make me look older it has nothing to do with the stress of the industry. It's, it's super easy, but no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a ton of fun and it's ever changing. And so, um, I started at like a little mom and pop real estate company. Um, big shout out. If you guys are listening, Sue and Todd Ramsdale, you guys are phenomenal humans. Aww. Um, love them to death. Uh, they were great when I first came into the industry. And then and then I just kind of needed something a little bit different, a little new. I wanted to challenge myself after the first uh, few years or so. <clears throat> so I went over to the um, REO side, which is the real estate owned side. So the bank foreclosures, right? Um, some really crazy. Uh, yeah, no, it really was. Um, some really crazy stories there that we can dive into at any time if you want to. Um, but I just wanted to get a taste of that and kind of, uh, you know, get more tools in my tool belt, experience something new. And I got in kind of at the tail end of it. So when I when I left that brokerage, uh, the company I went to, we had like, I think it was 32 or 35 properties at the time in Contra Costa County. And I was just the grunt. I was the runner. I was posting signs. I was putting up lockboxes. Um, I was checking on squatters, like just wild stuff. Uh, and then... I got a good good enough taste of that. Then I wanted a big name. So I went to a big brand. I went over to Remax and I hung my license there for a while. Um, had a great run there. And then as like the career kind of evolved, the first three years I had three jobs. So, so I was selling real estate. Um, I started doing landscaping and I was still selling flooring and also installing at the same time for my dad when we had work. So I had just come out of that from 10 years. And so when the market changed, this is 2008, nine, we did all new construction. So there was no work then. And so I was just kind of piecework, whatever I could do to make things, um, work. And so, uh, went to Remax, had a great run there. Um, and then I wanted a taste of a small brokerage and I wanted to get into the books and I wanted to see how the business was ran. And I wanted to learn how to run a real business, a company. And this was at the time where I was, um, on the path to becoming my own broker and opening my own brokerage. That was kind of like the goal. And so I went through that process um, and I was there for a very short time before all hell broke loose in that office and then we shut down. Um, but it was, it was. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Been awful. Uh, you just, but you learn, you just, you just always learn, right? You're in tough situations and you learn to, to adapt. You learn to overcome. Um, it's, it's real estate in life, right? It like so intermixes. So, um, I didn't have, I didn't have a bad experience there at all. Um, it was just the, whatever the reasons were, um, it shut down and then came the opportunity to come to E3 and, uh, met, I met with Ryan, Chris and Michael. Um, I don't know where you were. You probably took the day off. Um, Your one day I of the think year. I was in Thailand. Yeah, vacationing. No, I don't know where I was. I was somewhere. Yeah, they said we have this fourth owner. She's not around a lot because she's always traveling. I was like, oh, great. But she's really cool. Yeah. The- <laughs> she's 
she's phenomenal at marketing. So, um, but no, and then that opportunity came and it was like, once I met with them and really I was, I was, I was trying to play like hardball in the beginning. Um, cause I had a certain amount of money I wanted to make. And, and I had talked to a bunch of people in the industry and, you know, they had kind of built me up to, to set my bar at a certain level. And I wasn't going to come off of that bar. And then we went to Ticket to Dream Golf Tournament. And I was like, man, these people. So it was a ton of fun, right? And we're helping foster kids. So it was like, it just hit me in the gut. It was like, all right, I remember that day vividly um, and told my wife. I was like, listen, I found my people. And this is the crowd we're running with. And so here we go. And so here we are a couple years later. Um, Yeah, it was crazy how instant the connection was. Yeah. It was meant to be. It really was. It really was. Yeah. It was, and it, and that's hard to do with that many people. Yeah. But you, the the different personalities kind of meshed so well. Um, it was just super easy. And then the families that are involved Same too, core right? Values. Yeah. Right. The principals lined up. You know, help a bunch of people, take care of our family, help kids. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was at that point. It became a really, really easy decision. So. So you were in real estate for 10 years before you came to E3. I was. I was, time. I was. I was 10 years and I was I was a stubborn old mule. And it was like, this is how I do things and this is how I'm going to do things. And then I kind of had like an epiphany moment when I was coming on board and I was like, okay, these uh, owners of this company, a couple of them have not been doing this as long as you. And they're not as old as you. And then you see where you see their projection and you see where they're headed and like, okay, they know something or have something I don't have in me that I want to have. And so I didn't tell anybody when I first started, um, because I didn't want to, I just didn't want to tell anyone. And it was like this thing where I came in and I was like, you know what, scratch everything you've learned and come in here as a brand new agent and just listen and soak it up. And then I got to work at Chris's house. Right. We didn't have an office space at that time. Um, but I thought it was so cool that the garage was set up with cameras yeah. and in a background, right. We could do video. Um, but then I got to work with him and I got to see how skilled he is at talking to people and, and how skilled he is. And with just, not just the sales side, but conveying the message correctly. Yeah. He's very skilled in that sense. And so I just started soaking things in and, and even from, you know, Learning a new CRM, new systems, um, new conver- I was cold calling um, expireds from his house, and I'd never done that. So I was like, "Yeah, you can do this." And I'm calling people, and I would hang up, and he would, he would just go, "That was terrible." <laughs> I'd be like, all right, well, what do I need to do better? And so we would work on it, and then we practiced. And that that was ten years into the industry. First time I practiced scripts. First time I went into conversations knowing where I wanted them to go. And having an idea how to navigate people to that end. Um, and also how to handle objections. And more than that, how to connect. And that's the key, is how to connect with people. Um, the whole industry is based on relationships. So if you can't connect with people, it's going to be an uphill battle, right? Yeah. You could do it. But getting that return client, right? Building that, that sphere, um, creating those raving fans um, is very challenging if you don't take the personal side of it. So... After 10 years sitting down and then just being a sponge and then soaking it in and then, um, you know, listening to Ryan when he would talk about contracts and how well he knew them. And I thought I knew him pretty good, right? I mean, I've been doing it a while. I could get you through it. Um, 
with a pretty good knowledge base, but he was just another level. And then you see Michael and the way he works is another level. And then we met and then the marketing and the ideas that you had, it was just, it was just, so everything was another level for me. And so just being, I had to humble myself and just come into it and say, you know, what, I'm going to learn and let me learn and learn and learn. And then it just kind of, um, evolved into, you know, what it is today from that. So the, I think that's good advice for all the people that you coach is to come in with that mindset and humble themselves and learn yeah. and learn and learn because in all those 10 years, like you said, you didn't have these tools or mm -hmm. no scripts. Yeah. Um, I don't think maybe the motivation from others wasn't there, but I'm correct. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Because you don't have the systems, right? I wasn't a systems guy. And then you take, again, if you take Chris's sales background and he's all about systems, right? He knew how to take somebody from the sales floor to the cash register and he was really good at it. And then he left and took on a whole new industry, two new industries, right? Doing loans and real estate at the same time. So um, being able to learn from that was was really, really beneficial. And, and that's why now, now I have two coaches, right? I have two people that I meet with one, once a week and once every other week. Um, that was kind of the mind switch for me, right? It was like, just be a student all the time. And then you never have to worry about somebody out learning you, yeah. outworking you, right? Yeah. So it's a big deal if, if you can be the student. So your first two years here mm -hmm. were your best years you've ever had back to back. Yeah. And I'll, I'll share a story because that's what I like to do. And when I met with Mari and she said, if you listen and you trust me, You'll make more money than you ever have in your life. And I was like, I that? yeah, those are your words. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good thing we're able to follow through with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and, and my thought was like, whatever, whatever lady, You're just trying to get me to sign the contract. Right. Like, you know, I know how this goes. Oh, this is at the golf yeah. tournament. Yeah. This is way back in the beginning. Yeah. Got it. And then it happened. Yeah. First year, um, it happened. And then it was like, okay, that was a fluke. Let's see what we can do. Um, and then we did it again. And uh, Chris and I had made a bet. Uh, you know, if I didn't hit a certain GCI, then I owed him money. If I hit it, he would give me money or vice versa. Um, and so we did. We hit it both two years in a row for sure. So uh, hands down, it's it has a lot to do with the people that you're around for sure. And I, I like the way you brought up that motivation of the people around you. Now that could have been the consistent theme that was lacking because yeah. it was such a um an island in other brokerages um to where you not that you felt like you were alone but everybody worked on their own right it was just kind of everybody's independent contractor and then you come in here and it's like why are we all collaborating why are we all discussing what are we doing with our clients and how we're going to help them or even ideas like you know light fixtures when you're going to put a house on the market who changes those <laughs> out right I just had two installed in, in Stockton for I a can't listing. Wait to see them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they put the fans in the wrong room, so they didn't match. So they had to fix that. But besides that, it worked out fine. So, when you're just around that culture of people that, that love to help and give, um, it's hard not to do the same with other people, too, right? So, but having that collaboration is, is huge. Well, not only that, but having a group of people around you who believe in you. Yeah. It makes it huge because they pull out the potential you didn't even know that you had. And that's even for myself being around Chris and yeah. all of you. Yeah. Believe in me way more than I ever, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
It is true. When people, when people can see it in you and then they have a way to pull it out of you, it's it's really, really amazing. So being a coach, that's like a big part of what I have to do, right? Is find that what's in you and then pull it out. And then, but experiencing it on your own allows you to have um, a unique perspective on how to deal with other people and getting it out of them, you know? So you may have kind of already answered this, but through this whole journey, what's the biggest thing that you've learned up until this point? Um, probably my, the biggest thing I've learned in, in 12 years is, um, you're only done if you quit. And there's been multiple times, multiple times in 12 years where I've thought that's my last deal. I just cashed my last real estate check at one point, probably year four, five, six, somewhere in there. I was studying to take the pipe fitters test to get in the pipe fitter union um, I had a bunch of friends that were working at the refineries and they're like, Hey, this is great retirement, great money. And at that point I was like scratching and clawing to make it. Um, but I think over time, it's just a test of time where if you, if you do, if you don't give up, you're not done. And the only time you're done is when you quit. And so as long as you don't quit on yourself, you can make it. And I know with everything that you've learned, you're very passionate about helping others in this industry. So what is the best thing that you have to offer these new agents that you're mentoring? Besides the 12 years of experience, you know, you, you learn obviously a lot going through it. Um, that it's okay to be, you know, what I call the old version of, of Nick, um, the stubborn, my way, not going to listen or be coachable to the new version of, of constantly trying to be coached and constantly trying to learn um, and how to set up a business. You know, I mean, I really, when I sit down with new agents, I tell them my, my main job is to take away that, that learning curve, you know, that eight year, nine year learning curve that I went through and help you be up and running in six months to a year and have a fully running business. So, whether that's, you know, your CRM, how you keep track of people, um, how you make sure that you're always creating relationships, um, a business plan that we do. Not only do we do it as like a whole group, but we can sit down and do it one-on-one. Um, one of the, probably one of the most overlooked things is time blocking. People come into real estate for the freedom, right? Which is not how the reality of the industry works, right? So Especially if you're successful. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you want, if you want to, yeah, <laughs> and your name's Mari. Yeah. Um, but we work as the, the agent works when other people don't, right? Which means mm -hmm. weekends, which means nights. So what do you do during the day? How do we use that time during the day? So time blocking, working through your calendar, um, and just building a, a real structured business from the beginning and understanding how important prospecting is. And there's not just one way. So however that way of your prospecting is, um, being super, super consistent at it is a huge benefit to, to new agents. And a lot of them don't understand that, right? They're coming in brand new. They really, they're like a baby. Mm -hmm. They don't know. Um, and you just go through the schooling, you take a test and you get a license. And then, and then what, and then what is there? It's just like every other. Right. That's the end of a course that you take. Yeah. Now you go into the real world and now you have to experience it. Right. And just like every other class where you go out and practice it, it's not the same as the textbook. Right. So being able to help them and set them up for success early on um, 
is is a huge benefit for sure. So speaking of prospecting, mm-hmm. what is the best lead source you've had, whether it was different at one time or another, or if it's been consistent throughout all 12 years? I will never have a better lead source than Antioch Little League. Really? That was my best How lead source. How do I not source. know that? I'm a man of many, many mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you don't know that. I tell everybody that because uh, I've I've become a firm believer in living your life and selling real estate while you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, telling new agents like, okay, what do you love to do? Yeah, I love to play golf. Great. We're going to play golf three days a week. And while we're out there, we're going to have five conversations with people. And we're just going to not, not necessarily real estate conversations, right? Because then you come off as that guy, right? Mm-hmm. You want to connect with people. How are they doing? How is their family? And as you go out there, and you are playing golf and you're meeting people and you're talking to them and now you see them, you're seeing regulars every week, maybe twice a week. So now that relationship gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And then when it comes to real estate, there's no question on who they're going to call. I just ran into a mom last night at soccer practice, picking up my daughter. I coached her son. He's 17 now. So it was probably maybe 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And she still remembers that time and there's a relationship there and i hadn't seen her in a long time and as soon as i see her it's a big hug how yeah. are you right so just creating those relationships um are super important and that relationship was from Antioch little league yeah years ago and so i just dove in head first down i mean i was literally born and raised at those fields and then when my son was playing i got on the board i was down there all the time um I was the player agent. And so what that position allowed me to do was if there was an issue or a dispute or a problem on a team, I always had the player side, which then meant I also had the parents. And when I could get to the parents, then I could create the relationship. And it was just a byproduct of that. And then sponsored them. Um, And then when it became time for people to buy and sell real estate from down there, it was nobody else in the league that I knew of at the time that was a realtor. And if they were, I'm sure there had to be, but they didn't have the voice I had down yeah. there, right? So that is by far my best lead source. And I've had the Zillows, I've had the realtor.coms, I've done the um, Facebook ads, I've done all kinds of lead generation platforms. Nothing will ever beat that face-to-face relationship-based business. Yeah, and it's so nice. I'm the same as you when I'm coaching people I encourage their lead sources to be things that they enjoy doing in their life because yeah. it makes your job that much better and that much more enjoyable when you get to work with a like-minded person all day long. Yeah. And and you could be generally yourself. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like I was Coach Nick way before Coach Nick even happened. Yeah. You know, I would, my conversations with clients would be like, listen, my son has practice on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm usually down at the fields from 9 a.m. on Saturday till about 3 p.m. So if that works for you, great. If it doesn't, then I'm not the guy for you. And that cost me a lot of business. Yeah. But I was so dedicated to one, my kids, but also to coaching that it, it just, I would take that sacrifice at that time. And it, it was, I just weighed out the priorities for me. So. And I know we preach be your authentic self, be your authentic self. But I read something yesterday and I loved it. And it goes with everything that we're saying. But it said, if you're not your authentic self, the people who are looking for you won't be able to find you. Mm. And I love that. That's, and that's exactly what you're saying. We should put that on the wall. I know. That's actually really good. I know. That's really, really because good. Because they are looking for you. And not everybody's made for everybody. No. And that's okay, too. 
you know um i'm pretty tough now on like if I, if we don't vibe i'm just not the guy for you yeah. and and i'm okay with that you know and I'm the same way i'm like okay sounds good yeah. Bye. And <laughs> most of the time, I don't even refer him to another agent, right? I just let him go, which is not a good business move, by the way. Um, it's but hard I, when you're busy. It, it is hard. And, and at the same time, when you, you're just, you're so focused on the relationship part, the business stuff will come and it really, really will uh, over time yeah. for sure. So what are your goals over the next six to 12 months? Well, um, in real estate and outside of real estate? Oh, I think, uh, it's, that's a great question. I, I had different goals last year. Like if you'd asked me this question last year, yeah. what I was going to look like in 12 months, it would be a completely different answer. Things have been changing. Yeah. So yeah, last year it was like, I don't want to be in production in 12 months. Right. I just want to work with new agents. And now if I have now my, my goals, um, honestly is to just be the top agent at E3. Um, and that might happen in six months. That might happen in 12 months. I don't really have a time limit on it, but I know one day on December 31st, I'm going to throw a bunch of paper everywhere <laughs> with all the stats on it and have this huge party be like, I told you, and we did it. And then we'll celebrate it. And I'll probably buy the company dinner that night because if I get to that point, I can afford it. That'll be very delicious. It'll be a great dinner. It'll be a great time. But for sure, next six to 12 months, that's like hard set goal of mine is um, top agent in the company. So when that happens, that will definitely be the greatest moment of your career. But yeah, leading up to now, what has been the greatest moment of your career? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I think I'm gonna have to go on a on a personal level. I like that. Okay, and it's hard because like we're obviously helping family buy homes or helping family get to that next step is always really special. Yeah. It's like just a little bit more special because, uh, you know, like then helping um, a client that you've met somewhere or whatever, you just, the relationship's different. So when you can help somebody like that, it's always really, really cool. But I think um, my biggest accomplishment would probably be for us to, to get into the market ourselves when um, we didn't plan to. Like we had it kind of set oh, yeah. for a while that we weren't going to buy a house for a long time. And then things changed. A new house. Yes. Sorry. A new house. Um, and we were kind of put in this a little bit of a situation. So we made some moves and um, we bought a house. And then two and, a, two and a half years later, we were able to sell it and then get the forever home. Yeah. And uh, what it's done for our life has been amazing um i don't want to say life-changing but it really it's yeah. really close to life-changing uh yeah. for our for our family but if we weren't in real estate as participants that never would have happened and we would have been in that same situation for a lot longer and so i think um over the first 12 years being able to pull that off and for my family was probably my biggest accomplishment now that is huge yeah once you get to the dream house, yeah. the forever house, I mean, until you guys are. No, I'm going to have grandkids over there. Yeah, I'm not leaving uh, any time in the next three decades. But no, that's huge. That's the ultimate it goal, is. right? It really is. And doing it through real estate is, is just like, 
you know, it just, it adds to the, Hey, why do you, why do we want to be a homeowner? Well, let me tell you how this benefited me personally, right? Anytime you can tell those stories, it really helps people understand the importance of home ownership and the avenues that it opens up for you. And it's helpful to have that experience yourself because it's, you have to be brave to make these big moves. Mm -hmm. All these people who are scared of the market crashing and too scared to buy who are now could have made hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't blame them. It's, it's scary. And so like earning the braveness to do it is such a great skill being in real estate teaches you. And it's a vehicle to your dream home, to wealth, to everything that you ever want, really. For sure. And a big shout out for the collaboration on all of that. Like that was, that was not a group decision, but it was discussed heavily in the office, like on a personal level. Okay. This is where I'm at in life. This is where we want to be is now the time. What do you think? What do you think? Mm -hmm. You've, you know, you've done this for 20 years. Yeah. You've bought and sold, you've moved your family. Like how does this all work? So being able to have that collaboration, um, was amazing. You know, that really helped answer. Cause it's really easy for me to, to do real estate, right? It's really, that's what I do. Right. And so when you do it on a personal level and your spouse isn't in real estate and they don't understand the lingo, right. And you got this whole barrier and it's like, I know what the end is going to look like, but how do I paint that picture and take my spouse on that journey with me? So it's enjoyable as well. Right. And that was like, probably the biggest lesson I learned in that phase is I was not very good at that. No, but the answer but is just let her do all the remodeling. I did, which I did. Yes. Everything she which wanted. is, yeah, no, that was the answer. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> that's, that's how I solved that problem. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. My shutters are coming in a couple of weeks. <laughs> no. And I mean, I think it's huge to say that those, that was the top of the market this past year. And several of us in the office purchased homes Mm -hmm. at the top of the market. Yeah. So for all the people who are scared of investing in real estate, we bought at the top of the market because real estate is a long-term game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, this conversation came up the other day and it was somebody asked me, he's like, well, everyone is telling me, everyone is telling me not to buy a house right now. And I said, is everyone telling you that a homeowner? Yeah. And I said, so they got in the game at some point. Was it perfect? was the interest at 2% and prices were skyrocketing at the same time and they got the house as a deal. No, no, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. You're going to, you got, there's give and take to this. Um, but I said, you can, no, don't get in the game. That's fine. How much is your rent? Two grand. Cool. Keep throwing that $20,000 a year away. Well, and it's so much higher these days. Right. Too, exactly. Like- you know, so, so just like, monetarily it doesn't make sense right and and i tell people i don't tell people just to buy houses to buy houses right i end every conversation on on a consultation with a new buyer it's like listen when the time is right for you is when you do it right i i don't care really what the market is doing if you can afford your payment and your job is secure you're gonna be fine right we can i saw this thing it said we can we can always we can always refinance your rate later i can't change the price right so as as prices continue to go up why are we not getting in this game? And even if prices dip, like you said, I bought it at the top of the market, right? I sold at the top, bought at the top. Okay, prices dip. What am, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to panic and sell my house. Like I'm not moving. Yeah. My payment is going to be the same every single first of the month. And as long as I can do that, then the value of my home is going to increase by the time I'm going to do something else in the next, you know, say I'm not, didn't find the forever house, right? Maybe I'm going to do it in five years. Maybe I'm doing seven years. 
maybe the market takes off again and you can do it in three, right? You just, you don't know. You stay in that house while you save up your money and then you keep it as an investment yeah. and buy a new property. Which was a discussion that we that had. only needs 5% down. Yes, so. exactly. There's so, there's so many things you can do to leverage it, which is why when we were going through that process, it was important for me to get all that feedback, right? And have a lot of those conversations mm-hmm. so we can really devise a plan that best fit our situation. Um, for us, it didn't make sense to rent it. Right? I didn't. Yeah. I, I I wanted the bigger down payment. I wanted to have the cash to do the remodel and, and everything else. And I did it all without touching any of my own money. And that's why that's really what you wanted. You didn't want to touch your savings. I did not want to touch my savings, and I didn't. And I touched all my savings. So right. that's a huge. So you went the other way, but then you got the investment property. That's so true. then the long term game, right? It's just so. It's just that's why the game is so beautiful because yeah. we don't have to play it the same. And we're both going to be doing the opposite moves a couple years from now. Right. Like who knows? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But at least we have the tools to do it and we yeah. have the equity to do what we want with. Yes, that's that's the key. And there's so many different ways to play this game. You just have to be able, you have to be willing to play it. And in the long term, like there's not a whole lot of super duper wealthy people that don't own a bunch of real estate. Yeah, no. Elon Musk, like the only person. And he sleeps on couches. Cause yeah, I don't want to talk about Elon Musk. He's, oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm about to get a Twitter now. <laughs> get a Twitter? I don't even know how to say that. Get a Twitter. Get a Twitter? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to get a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One last question okay. for you. Oh, What's your it? best piece of advice to a brand new agent coming into the business oh. who doesn't have Coach Nick to help them with a million pieces of good advice? Dial this number. <laughs> 925-584-5975. And the rest is history. No, um, but that is my that is my cell phone number. So that is the best solution. Um, if you're a brand new agent, you don't have anybody, you don't have any coaching. Really, really take into consideration when you're interviewing brokerages. Right, it's it's the complete opposite of a job interview. You're interviewing them. Um, brokerages create revenue from agents. That's how they stay open. Every brokerage wants you on their every, team. They every, just want they, numbers. They want. A lot of them just want numbers. There's some that are a little bit different. That's true. Um, I don't feel like we are a numbers brokerage. No, we're We're, not. we're a culture yeah. fit brokerage. Um, but when you're out there and you're interviewing them, you have to you have to turn the table on them a little bit in that process, and you have to ask them the questions. What are you going to give me as a brand new agent to help me be successful? What kind of trainings do you guys have? What kind of systems are in place? The very last thing new agents should be worried about is commission split. If you can go to a brokerage and get a great split and you don't have any idea what you're doing, making nothing from nothing sucks. Yeah. Right? If you go to a brokerage that has a lot of tools that allows you to grow and develop and run a business and maybe they don't have the best split, you're going to lay such a better foundation there that your career is going to take off 10 times faster than somebody in the same situation that just goes for the money. Yeah. So you have a low split on no deals. That's no money. So ex- it doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. And so I'll take the higher split if I have somebody with me, um, walking me through that process in the beginning. And so that's why you just call me and I'll help you through that process. And it's, I'll just add on to that because when you ask most brokerages, what kind of training, they offer you they'll all have an answer but my advice is to ask 
if you can talk to some new agents that recently joined the brokerage, yep. they can tell you about the training because yeah. a lot of people join yeah. and then say, I didn't get any training. Yes. They sell you on the training, right? I wonder if I can share this story. Yeah. We did a training at one of the <laughs> brokerages I was with. Oh, okay. Okay. And it was on the bro the, the training was on the broker's book that he wrote about himself. I'm still not sure how that made me a better agent, but that's what they, yeah, we have training. Yeah. We meet here. Yeah. We do this. Right. And, and a lot of them do um, some degree of it. Right. But if you look at a brokerage like this, where it's the business coach, the mentor, you have, um, you have a chief learning officer. Like that's dedication to training new agents, right? Like putting really your money where your mouth is in that aspect. So to lay a good foundation, it's it's really, really important to be surrounded by good people that will help you. And, and a company that will allow you to come in and just kind of soak it in from a distance, right? Because it can be intimidating coming into an office where there's a bunch of agents that are successful and you're brand new and now you're super intimidated and now you don't want to ask questions. Now you don't want to talk to people. Now you're shut off and now you're in the corner. Now you don't come in. Now you're distant. Now you're not creating deals. Now you're, no, it just snowballs, right? Yeah. But when you have a, a, a company where you can come in and listen and other agents help, um, not just like the mentor or the owner or the branch manager or whatever their role is, but when it's agent to agent help, agent to agent collaboration, it, it really allows new agents to get up to speed quickly. Yeah. get confidence and that's what you need you need a ton of confidence and you need to be able to deal with a lot of no's right and how do you deal with those but being confident that like every no is that much closer to a yes right and you just keep going so surround yourself with the right people i wouldn't talk about commission at all honestly looking back on it it wouldn't be even a conversation for me it would be, how are you gonna how am i gonna create a business here that would be my advice yeah and the commission follows it does. Yeah. The money will come. Year after year. The money will come. It for gets sure. better. Mm -hmm. And at a faster pace than most other industries. So. Yeah. You know, you're, 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 you're constantly. With the right training. Casting those, those webs, right. Or those lines of, okay, there's a deal. Now there's a circle of people over here and there's a deal and there's a circle of people over here. So you just kind of keep spreading and spreading and spreading and creating more and more relationships. Um, that's really how you thrive in the industry. So. However you create those relationships is up to you, right? There's no said way in how to do it. That's why I love it so much. Like there's no other industry like it where you can be your true authentic self regardless and everybody can be successful completely different ways. It's phenomenal to me. It is really cool. Yeah. It's really super cool actually. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I'm just going to throw out like a little teaser for everybody because Ooh. the next time you're here... Dun, dun, dun. Have Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, the return of Mr. and Mrs. Smith's podcast? Yep. And uh, we'll be talking about how the effect that being a realtor can have on a marriage, which you guys have been married for how long? Dun, dun, we dun, just dun. celebrated 17 years last week. Of marriage. Of marriage. Yeah. We've been together for 22 dun, dun, dun. years. <laughs> so very long marriage relationship. Yeah, that's over half my life. Holy crap. No, yeah, you guys are amazing. You're one of, actually probably my favorite couple. Oh, that's well, why we're copying your wedding date. Wait until you meet my <laughs> wife; you'll find out why. 
amazing. It's nothing to do with me. Basically, my wife is your favorite person. I just married her. <laughs> That's not true. I really like all the work that uh, you guys have put in. We have put in a marriage. lot of work. And you know what? When you're young and, and, and you just learn. Mm-hmm. And it was just, um, you know. So that's the teaser. So yeah, wow, that's gonna be fun. Next time it'll be. I can go right into that. Maybe I should do my part now. (laughs) Then I won't get smacked. (laughs) You guys can sit on opposite sides. I'll be the mediator. (laughs) How did you guys do this? We don't know. No, that'll be awesome. I'm excited for that. Well, thanks again for being here. Thank you so much for having me. That was a lot of fun. I'll see you very soon. Always, always. (laughs) Don't forget my number. Why don't you say one more time? Nine two five. Write it down this time. 925-584-5975. Call Coach Nick. Call Coach Nick. Hi, I'm Michael Gordon, and I wanted to invite you to our next podcast episode on Million Dollar Listening, hosted by Mari Wines with E3 Realty. We're going to be diving into organized real estate and the power behind getting involved and putting your money where your mouth is to make sure that our consumers are protected and all kinds of great things that you can learn to be a better practitioner, a better professional to serve your clients on a higher level. So check it out. Looking forward to seeing you in the end.